You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, and I am coming to you from historic, lovely, beautiful, scenic Roan County, Tennessee. Uh, once again, I claim uh, citizenhood in the entire county because I have different uh, relationships with every single city in the county. So bottom line is I love the whole place, so I claim you all as my home. However, I'm currently broadcasting from Rockwood tonight, just in case you're a local listener and you just had to know. All right. Uh, you know, I felt kind of bad initially. Here, here's the weird thing. We just had the... 
State of the Union address from barely there, Beijing Biden. And and I was feeling kind of guilty because uh, I had planned on going ahead and doing uh, my usual Tuesday show at its usual time. And I ran into some technical glitches that delayed me until I would have been about 30 minutes into the address. And at that point, it's like, all right, fine. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch this. This is going to be all about my reactions to it. I mean, uh, why not do what everybody else does for a change, right? I mean, I, I try to do something different a lot of times, but uh, in this case, why not? Because uh, there's plenty to react to, right? Uh, if you watched it, then uh, that's about an hour or so of your life you're never going to get back. And I felt pretty much the same way about it for me. If you didn't watch it, well, then I did it so you wouldn't have to. So you're welcome. <laughs> and no, I'm not going to break out into uh, anything from uh, Disney's Moana. But uh, it, it really was something to see. I... Uh, I, I'm not even 100% sure exactly where to start, to be honest, but I went ahead, I waited to the end, and so now we're doing the show a little bit later, and that was part of what I was feeling guilty about, doing the show later, although I was kind of thinking how ridiculous it is. I'm literally going to be finishing, if I started at the regular time, just as uh, the speech would be getting underway, so I could have done that, and then touched it, and then that's going to be the only thing everybody's talking about, and I wouldn't have talked about it on my show until... Thursday. So part of me is thinking, okay, maybe this is better anyway. And then the one thing that really stopped me from feeling uh, too guilty is for like the last three weeks in a row, I've sat down in here to do the Tuesday broadcast and stuff kept happening to the point that I didn't do the Tuesday show until Wednesday. So instead of actually being late tonight, I'm almost 24 hours early. So I, I don't feel so guilty anymore. Okay, uh, let's let's just kind of jump into it. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about other stuff tonight. Uh, let's just talk about this, at least until I'm tired of it, and then we'll dig up some news stories. Um, I, I did think that you could tell pretty easily the parts that he, uh, he being Joe Biden in this case, had most rehearsed. You know, the parts that he got out relatively smoothly, the parts that he didn't stutter or or slur or or come up with some word salad. Uh, he was prepared, although that started happening a little more frequently as it came closer to the uh, end of the speech. I do think that you could tell he was uh, almost in a hurry. He wanted to go at, at a fast pace. I, he had been c coached. Clearly, he had been coached to go quickly, move from point to point, try not to let all the applause that's going to come from the Democrats when he hits those talking points that he wants to hit uh, when they come up. Uh, try not to, to let it linger as long as ordinarily we would like, because I, that's always been part of it. It's like, uh, applaud me, applaud me, I am your president. And, and that happens on both sides, okay? This isn't strictly a Democrat thing. We have seen it time and time again. It's way more irritating when it's the other guys doing it, uh, whichever side you're on. If it's the other guys, do it. and it's kind of fun if it's your guy doing it. It's like, yeah, yeah, all right, let's do it. It's our turn. But there was a concerted effort. Joe tried several times 
to to cut into it, to, to cut it short. He kept trying to force his way, and he had been coached to do that. You could tell that was part of the plan. Uh, Joe, we know uh, we sent you to Delaware over the weekend so you could rest up. We changed your your daily routine again so you could handle being up. We, we got you hopped up on those amphetamines that uh, typically uh, help dementia patients in the early stages uh, be clear for a little longer. Uh, we probably overdid it a little bit because you could tell he was almost kind of jittery going down. Uh, <laughs> if you watched from the very beginning, uh, I mean, it, not not enough that it was just obvious. But if you know the telltale signs to look for, he's a little more jazzed uh, than I've seen. A lot more pep in his step walking down the aisle and talking to people uh, than when we saw him walking across an empty field still wearing a mask all by himself earlier in the day. Tell you, I'm zombie Biden. So, uh, I mean, it was there was stuff worthy of seeing from the very beginning. I do think that Nancy Pelosi looked like she was struggling uh, to get to her next drink. <laughs> it's like, I've been sober for almost seven hours now. That was the look she had. Yet, if you did, if you did see it, uh, if you don't agree with me, uh, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> if you didn't see it, trust me, that's the way she looked. Uh, and by now, uh, you've had plenty of opportunity to take a look and see uh, the, the wall-to-wall footage and all the replays. Uh, there's a lot of it. But I, I was a little surprised, given the extra time they gave him, uh, that he seemed to slur uh, as much as he did. I mean, this... This was an occasion where the last few speeches, especially the ones that were going to run a little longer, they had prepped him, and he did a lot better than that up until they got to the end. Now, I wasn't all that surprised with the first thing because all they really did, and there was a lot of talk early on that they may have to rewrite the whole thing last minute, which they couldn't afford to do. They knew that they really couldn't afford to do that, but to deal more with the situation with Russia and Ukraine. So rather than do a complete and total rewrite, they just kind of tacked on a little thing at the very beginning. It's like, oh, wouldn't uh, bad. Uh, we have uh, pulled uh, very much together to fight. It's like, Joe, seriously. Anyway, I, I wasn't particularly impressed with how he put it. But the Democrats were all happy. They're all standing up every few minutes. Uh, they were just loving their opportunity to stand up. But uh, the overall theme of the night, despite the, you could tell, very choppy, very unprepared, not as much rehearsal with that part, not as comfortable with that part, uh, especially even uh, if one part of his speech, uh, his words, uh, not only did he get to the word salad part, but he was talking about how uh, the Russians may encircle Kiev, but they'll never break the spirit of the Iranian people. I mean, I literally had to double check and make sure I heard that right. He's like, what? Is, did he just say Iranian people? And then I, I did a quick check and started watching for reactions online. And, yeah, a lot of other people got that, too. So he did actually refer to the Ukrainians as the Iranian people in one part. That was probably one of the bigger, uh, complete, obvious gaffes. 
But there was a lot of slurring, a lot of skipping, and then he did start into the word salad at certain parts when he either tried to get ahead of himself or uh, or he just wasn't as well prepared for that section. But another thing that was pretty obvious right off the, the bat is that this speech was designed for him to avoid trying to go into any detail uh, in regards to things that typically you ordinarily do go into. Uh, they still had people up in the galleries using various Americans and then uh, various other people because they had the Ukrainian uh, ambassador there as well. So using people as props up in the gallery. And again, I've been critical of that uh, regardless of what party is there. It's like, come on, guys. That's If you really want to let them be part of the story you're telling – why not let them tell their story? And why not do it in a more meaningful way than this little political show that the uh, State of the Union address has become? And again, that's a criticism directed at both parties. It, it is not something that is exclusive to just one. I'm not a big fan of it. I'm really not, especially when you're dealing with people who are miserable. Uh, even more so in the case of uh, barely there Biden, people that you're the reason they're miserable. And that's still an obvious truth that they just don't want to accept. But uh, with all that out of the way, it it was clear that it was, okay, we're just going to, I'm just going to list this, I'm just going to list this, I'm just going to list this, and then we're going to move on. I'll spend a little more time on the stuff that I feel more comfortable about, and the other things were just part of a list that was handed to him. I mean, that was the feel. Uh, I think most people will probably, if, if you're an honest observer, You'll probably come away feeling basically the same. Maybe not exactly, but basically the same. Uh, I still, uh, the Iranian people, geez, I, I, I have a hard time getting past that one. I mean, I, I get it, Joe. If you keep trying to say Ukrainian, Ukrainian, Ukrainian so many times so close together, uh, I would get tongue-tied. I'm actually somebody that is much... As we give a hard time to Joe, I'm somebody that I occasionally get tongue-tied myself. I occasionally start trying to talk faster than uh, my tongue can keep up with. And so occasionally things will come out uh, not quite uh, as well enunciated, so maybe it sounds like something different. Uh, so I have genuine sympathy for somebody that is actually... Uh, knowing exactly the right thing to say, trying to say the exact right thing, but just gets ahead of themselves. And there were a few occasions where that's kind of what it looked like, but it continued so consistently through a large swath of this speech that it became difficult to believe that that was really what was going on. I think speaking at any speed would have almost been too fast. But then he hit this little groove Like shortly after the discussion about the situation in Ukraine, where essentially he made all kinds of grand promises of standing with them and uh, standing with our NATO allies so that Russia can't take one additional inch, you know, obviously sounding like, yeah, we stand with Ukraine, but eh, eh, we're not really going to do anything if he takes Ukraine. And we're not going to get engaged to direct troops against Russia in Ukraine. Okay, well, I think you had made that pretty clear previously, but if anybody else was concerned about it, there you go. He made the promise again, telling him how much he truly stands with the Ukrainian people. 
Uh, but sending military aid, sending financial aid, and oh, so very proud of the economic sanctions. Uh, not proud enough for us to actually step up and do everything he could do to make things easier on both the American people and our European allies. You know, those little things like when we go back to becoming energy independent and become a net exporter of energy, that would be that would be the perfect thing. But, you know, Jen Psaki told us already that that's just not going to happen. We're in the middle of a major transition uh, to green energies, and we're just not going to do that. However, he did say we're going to open up the strategic reserve, which is the exact opposite of the best thing to do in this scenario. It's only going to further exacerbate things. He claims that other international partners are also releasing their reserves, and it's going to help uh, blunt the, the spikes in prices. Uh, no. It's not. And the fact that that's the reserve, instead of us just turning loose the energy we're capable of producing, it's going to have the opposite effect overall. So, gee, Joe, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, good job, everybody, but not so good job, Joe. That's really kind of where we're at with that. But there were several points that he made. Uh, another thing, uh, if you were playing a drinking game, watching this, uh, you would have been in a lot of trouble uh, if one of the uh, take-a-shot keys were every time that Biden would mention the American Rescue Plan. Now, it makes sense, though. There's a reason why Joe Biden uh, kept touting the American Rescue Plan. That is literally the only piece of legislation he has successfully managed to pass that generally most Americans feel pretty good about. And then that's only mostly because it put a lot of money in their pockets. If you're an economist or if you understand how economics work, you don't feel that great about the American Rescue Plan because that's part of that great big government spending package that started us down that uh, inflationary uh, swirl that we're in uh, that just kind of exacerbated on top of the energy inflation that we're suffering from, from immediately undoing all of our energy independence right off the gate. You know, that that was – that's where it starts from, and that would fix a lot of it too if we return to energy independence. You ask anybody who understands economics and who understands energy, any of them, full-blown experts, go ahead and ask them if they're being honest, if they don't have a political axe to grind, they'll tell you that the cheaper, the more reliable energy that you can manufacture yourself, the more secure you're going to be and the more stable your economy is going to be because cheaper energy makes it easier for you to manufacture things. It makes it easier for you to transport those things that have been manufactured. It makes it easier to do all this in a reasonable price tag. Of course, later on in the speech, Biden demonstrates that he has no understanding of economics and certainly doesn't understand how businesses, particularly small businesses, uh, actually work because he did fall back on some Democratic 
talking points. But it, like I said, it does. It makes a lot of sense that he kept mentioning the American Rescue Plan because it's the only thing that he can poll positive on in a majority of Americans, regardless of voting block. Because it did help a lot of people during the artificial shutdown. It's the only thing he's done that's of any merit. So, yeah, he kept mentioning it. Now, I do want to give props, though. Whoever wrote the speech, and and he did deliver this much, he did a lot of uh, attempting to, uh, instead of just directly taking credit for a bunch of stuff he didn't actually do, he just instead kind of insinuated that he should get credit for a lot of things that he didn't do. So that much was a little bit better than what I expected. So I'll give them props for that. That That's one big positive of the night for the speechwriter and for uh, Joe's delivery on that, despite the slurring, the word salads, and uh, the – I think he ended up stuttering like a couple of times when he really started struggling there towards the end. Uh, but outside of that, there was another tone too. This is still all about the pivot, right? They want to pivot away from COVID-19. But even then, they couldn't help themselves, right? I mean, did you guys notice that here it is? Oh, we're, we're, the CDC uh, changed their uh, mask uh, recommendations, uh, and now we, we need to open up schools. We need to open up people. We need to get back to work. And you know, all these things that, whoa, for a second, start to sound like the other party, only it's what the other party has been saying for, I don't know, since the beginning of this business. Since the very beginning of this business of the artificial shutdown, a lot of voices on the other side of the political spectrum had been saying, why are we doing this? This is disastrous. This is going to be more damaging than COVID-19 will be to the nation. And I don't say that to try and lessen uh, or cheapen the lives that were lost. I'm just saying that every single day, that did way more damage than the virus did. Uh, COVID-19 was not particularly devastating to the United States. The governmental policies put in place in reaction to it, and yes, we have to be completely honest and say this started under Trump. It's just Biden uh, exacerbated it. It was those governmental policies that were really, truly devastating to the country. Biden did, of course, try to take credit for the economic recovery and the jobs growth. Now, I don't know about you guys. I'm not feeling much of a recovery. In fact, I'm struggling more every freaking month that has passed since Joe Biden took office. Those regular expenses that you have to maintain, like, I don't know, keeping gas in my fuel tank. That's something that has went up to the point now that it is exceeding what normally fits into my budget. So I have literally gone myself personally from being in a situation where I was able to to squirrel a little bit away and maybe put some of it in crypto and squirrel a little bit of away and maybe buy some relatively reasonable stocks that that are, you know, the the under 20 buck crowd, uh, some of them with a decent uh, return 
uh, based on paying uh, dividends, you know, just some small stuff that, that I try to do uh, through E-Trade. You know, I, I'm not anything like a major investor or anything like that, but do try to occasionally uh, add to the portfolio. You st- I was able before Biden came along to to continuously do that, uh, just, you know, uh, 20 bucks here, uh, 40 bucks there. Ooh, this is what I had left at the end of the month. That's great. Uh, to having to sell off a big chunk of my portfolio and then having to cash out on some of the cryptos, uh, thankfully, before the, the major drop when they announced that they were coming from cryptos. Uh, so that's the situation. And now that I have done that, I'm left scratching my head. What am I going to do now? I mean, I I need to get extra hours of the day job, but there's only so many hours available. And who knows how long that's going to continue there. Uh, If the economy continues down the current path, may not be that long until all of a sudden the incoming orders drop off to the point that uh, not only do the hours get reduced for most of the employees, but some of us may end up having to be, you know, uh, let go for a bit. I mean, this is where the economy is, where I'm at. And I'm in a state where we went back to work immediately and things were really good. And, and you know, thankfully, COVID is over for the most part. I mean, not over, over, but as far as a governmental policy issue, it should have been done the instant the vaccines were put in place, if you honestly believe the vaccines worked. But that's been kind of the problem, isn't it? There's a lot of folks that still don't believe they do. But guess what? Omicron came along, and it literally hit everybody. And now most folks have some level of natural immunity, and it's because of Omicron. Omicron Next to nothing as far as how uh, deadly it is. Now, if you're still unfortunate enough to catch uh, Delta and you happen to have one or two comorbidities, then you're probably going to regret that happening to you. But the masks don't work. We've known that for a long time. CDC's finally uh, openly admitted it. Uh, And now the Democrats, strangely enough, just in time for the... uh, for the State of the Union address and going into the midterm elections, uh, roughly about the amount of time they expect the average American's uh, attention span to hold up. They're expecting you guys to forget between now and midterm elections what they had been doing to us for nearly two years. We're just a little over a year for the Biden presidency. But for nearly two years, it's mask mandate this and mask mandate that. And then uh, we have vaccine mandate this and vax mandate that. And, and it's all about them controlling us. We, we saw this. And, uh, you know, like I said, we, we saw this. But another one of the themes is pivot away from COVID, but also pivot away from everything else we've been doing wrong for the last uh, four years. They literally, there were at least four occasions where Joe Biden sounded like he was spouting a Republican platform until he did the follow-up along with it. When we were talking about uh, fund the police, which is something we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about after this uh, upcoming break that we're going to do in a, here in a minute. 
he said, don't defund the police, fund the police. Then when he spouts off a little later, it kind of heads back into the realm of where the leftists live. But they were trying to sound more conservative. They were trying to sound like they're not the party that has allowed Antifa and Black Lives Matter Incorporated terrorists to run wild on the streets of American cities and do millions upon millions of dollars in private property damage. Not to mention uh, take lives of innocent individuals who happen to get caught in the crossfire that opened up an autonomous zone known as Chaz. You know, they, they're trying to get you to forget that they were the party that made all that happen. They're not the party of uh, bail reform in the guise of no bail at all or we're going to pay your bail. So you, it's not like you really paid your bail. They sounded a little bit like uh, conservatives when they talked about uh, supporting veterans until, again, they went further down that, that discussion. It just, I don't know. He even tried to end talking about how optimistic he was. But then he sounded so angry. Why did he sound so angry when he was talking about being optimistic for America's future? I'm optimistic about America. Except it's, I'm optimistic. Why did he sound so angry then? I mean, we've seen him do some pretty creepy things in uh, some speeches here in the last little bit where sometimes when he's trying to sound dramatic, he'll he'll get close to the microphone and start whispering. Only when he does it, instead of sounding like he's trying to let you in on a little secret, it just sounds like he's full, full on entering super creepy mode. I mean, it, it, that's, that's where handsy-feely, creepy Uncle Joe lives most of his time, I suppose. But that's the way that's come across. Now, he didn't lean into the microphone and try the whispering thing. But he did go back to his angry old uh, man, get off my lawn mode when he was trying to talk about being optimistic. And when he told the, the bald-faced lie that the State of the Union is strong, the one thing he did get right, though, is that the current State of the Union, what parts are still thriving, not that there's a lot under the Biden regime, but the parts that are, that have nothing to do with him, has nothing to do with Democratic lawmakers, has nothing to do with Republican lawmakers, for that matter, has to do with the American people. And fortunately, those American people are folks that are waking up to the crazy and insanity that we're seeing these folks do on a daily basis. Which is why I feel pretty confident that a lot of folks that watch this came away feeling like, uh, well, like this was probably the most nothing State of the Union address ever. This was probably a case where somebody sat there and spent about an hour and a half talking but said absolutely nothing. It was empty. It was as hollow as a toilet paper roll. <coughs> Excuse me. And that comes to mind because most of what he said was so much excrement that you probably did need to wipe 
after you heard him hear it. Let's take that mid-hour break real quick, and we'll dive a little more into some specifics on the other side. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Prime Minister Dictator Justin Trudeau recently dropped the oppressive declaration of the Emergency Act. Could it be a genuine change of heart or a bunch of bold capitalists with a hit? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Browns Coffee. It turns out that it is a bunch of bold capitalists with a hit. Trudeau dropped the Declaration of Emergency Act because the World Economic Forum leaders told him to do so. Because... The Canadian people and others around the world were more quickly waking up and pushing back against government tyranny. The World Economic Forum, along with their multinational corporate overseers, reminded Trudeau that for the greater goal of complete dominance of the Canadian people and people everywhere via their treacherous Corona China virus vaccination passport registration process, they still hope to inflict upon the world along with any possible oppressive variation of regime leader Biden's Build Back Better platform. They also hope to fulfill the mission of comprehensive digital identity and social credit tracking systems. We, the people, must fight for true liberty or it will be lost forever. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, go to Blue Ridge Coffee Crafters. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth.
Hello, this is Dan Perkins for your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. What veterans who are homeless or at risk of homelessness should do for help? Veterans who are homeless or at imminent risk of homelessness are strongly encouraged to contact the National Call-In Center for Homeless Veterans at 877-4-AID-VET. That's 877-424-3838 for assistance. If a veteran does not have access to a phone or the Internet, only then are they to visit the closest VA medical center without calling in advance. All veterans should contact their VA medical center before visiting for any reason. These steps are necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So here's your veterans tip of the day. Contact the VA at 877-424-3838 for more information. The VA wants to help. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. Thank you so very much for staying with me through that break. I want to make sure that each and every one of you knows exactly how much I appreciate you listening to this broadcast, uh, especially those of you that are listening uh, via podcast on the many great platforms that you can find us on. Uh, if you happen to be listening to terrestrial radio, thank you so much. Uh, once again, trying to settle into the new time slot of KYAH. Uh, you know, uh, we, we're at Utah's Talk Authority at that power hour of 1 p.m. Uh, local time now and, and kind of digging being there. Uh, early indications are that uh, that the listenership is up still a little more, so definitely appreciating that. And, uh, you know, regardless, regardless of where you're listening, thank you so much. If you're listening over at The Last Frequency... Uh, then thank you so much for that. Uh, in the meanwhile, I do want to remind you that we will be announcing the terms of the upcoming giveaway of A.J. Rice's upcoming book, The Woking Dead. We'll be doing that, uh, doing the actual giveaway in July. That's when the book hits anyway. Uh, and I'm still trying to work out the details because what I would really like to do is make sure that we split up kind of the type of listeners where you're listening from uh, in the efforts to try to make sure that uh, everybody gets a fair shot at getting uh, a copy of the new book. So I'm still working on that. I'm going to be consulting with a few more folks, uh, trying to work out some details with uh, some of the programming managers on the various platforms to see what's going to work best. See if we can't work out something on social media, uh, a preferred social media, something that I can uh, easily track, that you can uh, simply do uh, a, uh, a mention uh, in the uh, posting where you share something about uh, the upcoming book, uh, something about this show, and something about the platform where you're listening, something that I can easily check all that. And so uh, we'll be we'll be working on it. Uh, if anybody's got any great ideas, by the way, feel free to reach out and let me know. You can do that easy enough by going to the website. That's tapintothetruth.com, T-A-P-P, into the truth, 
com. Uh, you can scroll down near the bottom of the homepage. There's a place where you can send me a message. Uh, you can do that if you got a, a good idea for a way to kind of set that up. I'm certainly open to suggestions and recommendations. But uh, <clears throat> I do want to try to make sure that we give a fair opportunity. If you're listening to KYAH, I want to make sure that you've got uh, a chance to get at least one book earmarked for listeners there. Uh, probably more than one, the way things are looking. If you're listening on Spotify, I want to make sure that Spotify listeners get a chance. If you're listening on the last frequency, I want to make sure you guys get a, an opportunity. Yeah, I just, I'm still trying to work out the details. So we will make official announcements upcoming probably around the end of this month since it is officially March now. Uh, but I still want to remind everybody that you can still go to uh, Amazon and place a pre-order for The Woking Dead. You're looking for A.J. Rice, The Woking Dead uh, is the name of the book. And uh, placing an order for a pre-order, it, it does a few things. Number one, it sends a strong message to uh, the political left in this country. It sends a strong message to the mainstream legacy media. And it sends a pretty strong message to Amazon itself about the fact that you guys want to have a copy of this book in your hands. And pre-orders are a big deal in the printing industry these days. Uh, pre-orders really helps to establish by the folks that are printing the books themselves how many copies they need to actually put out there in that first round. And it's very helpful for the author. It's very helpful for the printers. And like I said, in a case like this, it gets to send a strong message to all the people that I think probably most needs that message. So I recommend you go check out the uh, pre-order page, take a look at it. Uh, I will put a link in the show description. And there is a, uh, a Shop Amazon uh, banner for, uh, for the new book on the homepage of tapintothetruth.com. You just have to scroll past uh, the section for recent guests, and it's one of the very first ones there now. And then I put it uh, in a couple other places, too, if you're looking around. There's a few more places I need to put it. I have not done yet. But uh, I am one man. I am working a day job. I'm dealing with family obligations. And, dadgummit, I still make the time to, to work on some of this. So if you want more expediency... Uh, then help support the show. <laughs> you know, just and, and I'm not even saying make a direct contribution, although if you want to do that, there's a, a place at the website that you can do that. But uh, I would like for you to do something for yourself that ends up being a win-win-win for everybody. Something like, I don't know, as long as Joe Biden is still in the White House or anyone of his ilk happens to secede him, uh, then there's a really good chance that you're going to need to be pretty self-sufficient. I've said for a very long time now that the only way to truly enjoy the blessings of liberty is to take personal responsibility. It's also something Chief says quite a bit. In fact, that's part of his mantra. Uh, and Chief, I, I hope you hear this. It's uh, been a little while since we've had an interaction, although I was happy to to get your interaction over on Facebook uh, about a week or so ago. It's great to see you You're still uh, still active and kicking. And I'm pretty sure you're one of the folks that's been listening to the show over at BTR when I uploaded there. 
but regardless, I hope you hear this one and you're going to give you a little shout out, Chief. I, I miss you. Uh, the uh, simple facts of life was a great show. Anyway, uh, let's move past that and uh, let's get to the point that uh, you can do that. And uh, if you're going to be self-sufficient, there's one company, one company that's been helping you be self-reliant longer than any other. You don't get to start a business and then stay in business very long if you're not doing something right. And, of course, I'm talking about My Patriot Supply. So I'm going to ask you to go down into the show description or to go to tapintothetruth.com and hit the My Patriot Supply banners. Uh, by doing that, they'll know that I sent you. So if you go take care of a little bit of that self-reliance business by placing some orders for water filtration, uh, bloom seeds, uh you know, your uh, food supply, whatever it is you need to do, whatever it is you feel like you need to get from there, they can help you with all of it. Uh, there is nothing paranoid about being prepared. And don't let anybody make you feel otherwise. Being prepared is something that we all need to do if we're going to be self-sufficient. And a uh, quick reminder on that before I end that topic and jump back to the show Waiting till you're in an emergency situation to try to do something about the emergency situation, that's not being prepared. Okay? Do it while we can. Okay, so with that being said, there will be uh, a My Patriot Supply bid in the show description. Let's, let's get back to analysis of the State of the Union. <laughs> All right, so uh, some of the things I've already mentioned I'm going to move past, and uh, there's still some things that are certainly noteworthy. I did find it kind of um, an interesting number that Joe put out because he he bragged about being a, ca a capitalist. I'm a capitalist, but capitalism without competition isn't capitalism. Okay. All right, one of the... One of the good things about a free market economy is what we really should have. It's what we should strive for. I know we don't have that, but it's what we should strive for. That's better, and it's a truer idea of what the founders had envisioned for the U.S. economy than the notion of capitalism, which is a word that was created by the socialists, by the way, so – uh, it gets kind of funny when you see a socialist uh, try to redefine uh, America's economy as capitalism, and then they try to tell you what their idea of capitalism is. And their definition actually falls in line with what socialists claim capitalism to be. That being said, Joe Biden proudly declared that he was a capitalist. And of course, again, trying to sound like, you know, the other party, all part of their effort to pivot, to rebrand, to try to make you, the American public, forget that it's them that's been demonstrating every form of tyranny imaginable short of just suspending the Constitution entirely over the course of the last couple of years. He talked about that, but then he also talked about price controls, a very uncapitalistic thing to do. Talked about price controls 
for insulin specifically. Why? Because he knows that's something that can tug at the heartstrings. He had a young man uh, up in the uh, rafters, you know, again, using people as props. Young man just had a, a birthday. Him and his father both have type 1 diabetes, and it costs a pharmaceutical company roughly $10 to, to make a thing of insulin, uh, a dose for insulin, and they turn around and they charge customers in the United States nearly 30 times that much, or I believe you said up to 30 times. That depends on where you're getting it from and how much coverage you get from your insurance, I suppose. Well, we got to do something about that. So he immediately tries to t- uh, do a top-up. I believe he said the number was $30. Maybe it was 35 I'm thinking it was 30 Let's type that out at $30 each. And there's be- the pharmaceutical companies will do fine. Uh, their, their profit margins will be fine. Does he understand what a profit, profit margin is? Does he understand how you achieve the profit margin? Because in a later portion, he did talk about passing the law to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Which means, in turn, not only not only will these pharmaceutical companies have to find a way to pay for their innovations of new drugs, the newest pharmaceutical miracles... Which, you know, I I know, I know. If you mistrust pharmaceutical companies, it's with good reason. A lot of them out there are in the business of keeping you sick or finding a way to make you sick in another way so they can sell you another product on top of what they're selling. There is a lot of that that goes on. But the truth of the matter is also some pharmaceutical... I'm getting tongue-tied. See, I'm doing what Joe was doing. Uh, Some pharmaceutical companies genuinely get involved with making tremendous breakthroughs. And they do that through extremely expensive research and typically years of product testing for the safety and to make sure that they're getting the desired results and to make sure that any side effects that occur do not outweigh the benefits, that the risks are not worse, that that people aren't going to be hurt more uh, by this drug in some other fashion than the disorder you're trying to treat would affect them. So profit profit margins for pharmaceutical companies are not just a clear cut. Uh, we're charging you ten bucks for an aspirin when we could charge you ten cents for that aspirin. Uh, that's not the true profit margin. And again, I I don't think Joe understands how to operate. But he claims he does. He he said as much. We come from uh, blah 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 corporate America. Really, Joe? Is that true uh, up there in Scranton? But he he talks about being a capitalist, and he talks about price controls. And then he said something else that was really mind-blowing to me. Uh, and obviously, we're going to go into the second hour. I'm still going to be analyzing it. And I, now I'm starting to think I'm not going to get to everything that I thought was necessary to uh to to touch on tonight but he started talking about how we're going to have to start building things in America. Going to make things cheaper by building it here. It's like wait a minute Joe, you just said you're going to make entry level positions $15 an hour, which by definition means that 
companies are going to have to pay skilled workers, experienced workers, more than that. And in the type of industries that you're talking about uh, doing here, because you mentioned Intel uh, specifically, gonna, they've got this big plans for this huge facility where they're going to basically have eight different factories uh, all involved with doing computer chips here. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for bringing the computer chip industry to the United States. We should have never let it leave. But he talked about building this stuff here to make it cheaper. And we all know that that is the opposite of the reality on the ground. If you could build things cheaper here in the United States, no American company would ever leave the United States to build a factory. They wouldn't go to Mexico. They wouldn't go to China. They wouldn't go to Taiwan. They would never leave the United States if they could make it cheaper here. He also mentioned wanting to pass the PRO Act, which of course basically makes unions mandatory almost everywhere. It would essentially undo all the right-to-work states' right-to-work laws. We've had guests on this show uh, in the past talking about how dangerous this was when it first came up, and they're still trying to push it. And, of course, leave it to uh, Lunch Pail Joe to want to put unions everywhere. That's going to make everything cheaper in the U.S. Again, demonstrating he doesn't know how to reduce prices. He doesn't understand how to save money. He wants to talk about... Uh, forcing unions into places where they're not currently. He wanted to talk about price controls regardless of what the costs are in the industry. He wants to talk about making the minimum wage, the entry point into the workforce, $15 an hour, and still wants you to believe that somehow, magically, they're going to wave this magic wand that Barack Obama uh, thought that uh, Donald Trump didn't have. Now Joe's going to steal it and try to use it to make something happen that just won't work. You can't bring everything to America and expect it to be cheaper. It's not going to happen if you're going to make every shop a union shop. If you're going to make the entry point into a job of any kind $15 an hour, regardless of what the job is. If that's your starting point, then what should the hourly rate be for an RN? I mean, RNs, they get paid differently in each state. The economies of each state's different. And, and I, I just randomly pick them because they do an important job. They require additional education beyond the secondary in order to achieve that RN status. Whether they're really, really good at being a nurse or, eh, not so great, got into it for the wrong reasons, but it was a job. Whether they're an administrative RN or if they're an on-the-floor, hands-on, taking-care-of-patients RN, these are people that clearly deserve more money an hour than your average burger flipper. That's my rationale for randomly picking them. Now, you could pick anybody you want. You could say police officer. You could say teacher. You could say 
uh, janitorial service staff. You can pick whatever. Why should the teenage kid that's still in high school getting their first round of work in a quick service restaurant where the most important job they may have is making sure that the trash out in the dining room gets taken out on time, where maybe they do that or don't do that, why should they be getting paid $15 an hour and you not expect to pay a higher skilled individual with a greater education level with better skills, with more experience, why would you not expect to have to pay them even more? And how do you do all that and still make things cheaper? And that's before we even talk about the other forms of government regulation that puts a stranglehold on any business that is under 100 employees. If you're running a small business, it is tough to get past those government regulations. So he may be a capitalist, but he has no freaking clue how capitalism works. But we kind of knew that already, didn't we? That's not a surprise. It's not a shocker. What is a shocker is that there were some other things that happened that we really must talk about. But it's going to have to wait to the second hour. So if you happen to be listening on terrestrial radio... Uh, I don't think that there is a single terrestrial radio station out there right now that's rebroadcasting this show that uh, plays the two hours consecutively. So that means I'm about to have to say goodbye to some of you for an hour, and I'm going to have to ask you to tune in again tomorrow at the same time slot to hear the second part. And if you miss that, I'm going to have to ask you to to find the podcast and listen to the rest of the show then. Or at least I'm going to hope that you're enjoying this enough that you'll want to. Uh, that's that's kind of the catch-all, isn't it? you got a lot of options out there, a lot of different things to listen to, but for those of you that are listening to Terrestrial Radio, I'm going to have to say goodbye to you for now. I'll be back tomorrow. But uh, for the rest of you, if you're listening to the podcast or if you're listening live, don't go anywhere. Hour number two will start right after this. In the meanwhile... Don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely. Don't take his word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, stay healthy. If you can, stay safe if at all possible, and uh, be smart out there, even if it goes against your nature. And, oh, yeah, after spending an hour and a half listening to Joe Biden, I still have just one thing to say about that. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. You know what they say, Let's go, Brandon. She was from a blue state clan, taught to praise the little man. Told that unions saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees they said their vows He 
couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. And had a kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why he was different in her eyes. Saw them years ago. A happy little cabin in the West. They. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Damn you when 
Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, of course, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and I am coming to you from a undisclosed location somewhere in beautiful, scenic, lovely, and, oh yeah, historic Roan County, Tennessee, uh, just outside of the Knoxville area, if you're familiar with the region, and of course, if you're not, it probably doesn't help you too much, but hey, it's a great place to be, and uh, if you want to change pace, especially if you're from one of these crazy blue states, uh, come on down and visit for a little bit. You might decide that you kind of like how conservatives run a state. Uh, check out Florida. Uh, visit Texas. There's a lot of great places you could visit. Tennessee's just one of many awesome parts of this country where the government's run, at the state level at least, a little more like America's meant to be. All right. Anyway, uh, I'm here. I am giving you uh, my impressions and thoughts on the State of the Union address. I and This is the second hour of a two-hour live broadcast that i Done a little bit later than usual. I got started around at about 10.30-ish. And so now I'm past the 11.30-ish Eastern time. Uh, so much later than usual. So if I start to really go a little loopy, uh, it's not because I'm on the same regiment that barely there Biden is. It's because I'm starting to get sleepy and I've got the day job that I've got to get to. But also have to get two hours of rest out there. I mean, that's what I do, right? <laughs> I got to get some two hours of uh, programming and still get some rest and do the day job and all that wonderful stuff. But here we are. I uh, was actually happy to be able to get to the Tuesday show, which is the, the schedule I'm trying to do now. And I'm still having a hard time keeping to the schedule because of some stuff that's going on with my mom and overall health and, and some stuff that's my own stuff. And, and you know, Life gets in the way, and it's tough, and uh, once we get things better persuaded, we'll start having guests on more frequently. I've been supposed to have recording sessions with Ron Edwards uh, for a couple of weeks in a row now. I've uh, unfortunately had stuff pop up, and it's gotten in the way, and and I feel bad that I feel like I'm shortchanging you guys. I, I know a lot of you don't mind hearing me uh, for whatever reason i mean and god love you <laughs> i i uh i i appreciate it greatly but i can't say that i understand it uh usually you guys uh want to hear some of the great guests that i can get on and i haven't been able to do that lately because i have to have a a schedule that i can keep in order to feel comfortable uh, doing that so it's been a little disappointing but anyway uh, this is the second hour, so a lot of you that are listening on Terrestrial Radio where you get to hear one-hour snippets, uh, that means that uh, this is a couple of days out from when it happened. So just for your benefit, uh, the live broadcast happened on uh, March 1st of 2022, and I was on air here immediately following the State of the Union address. So these are all hot takes uh, that I have directly from 
the uh, the speech itself. I haven't had a chance to kind of hear what anybody else is saying yet. I haven't been able to get. Uh, in fact, I in order to get this done before it got too awful late, so I could actually get to bed and be able to go to work at the day job in the morning. Uh, I even foregoed all of the. Uh, responses to the State of the Union, which are usually pretty entertaining, depending on who you're watching. Uh, I know uh, Rashida Tlaib actually was going to have one I was looking forward to hearing. Uh, and now I'm going to tell you about, even though I uh, caucus with the Democrats, why that Democrat's full of crap. And I'm sure there was a lot of things that she would have took exception with. Now, there were a few things that they threw in there, meat and potato stuff, that had them... Uh, Flash to AOC, and it was so nice to see AOC there. And not because it's nice to see AOC, but for a change, she actually looked a little more like an adult tonight. I mean, I know that sounds kind of crappy to say, right? But a lot of what we see in the media, she portrays herself as being young. And she often comes across like she is a Gen Z TikTok chick more than a member of the House of Representatives. That's the way she presents herself. And the more serious she tries to be, the more she comes across that way. She always seems to. At least that's my take. If you disagree, then fair enough. But she looks mature. She looked adult-like. It, of course, was during the part of the conversation when we were talking about uh, moving to a green economy and having electric uh, charging stations around the country. And, and then, of course, the, the theme of the evening, there were a few themes. One of the themes of the evening was try to sound like the Republicans. And so they tried a little bit. There was a few places where they kind of did, at least uh, to start with, and then they kind of veered back to, oh, I had to placate the base. But try to sound like the Republicans, pivot from COVID, even though we're still not willing to give up the fact that there's still lots of reasons to be scared. But then uh, there was also the other thing that was right out front, spend, 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 spend some more. I'm going to save the economy. I'm going to save America from inflation by spending even more government money. Every freaking excuse we can come up with to do it. Uh, little little FYI, Joe. Uh, energy costs shooting through the roof and government overspending. And a lot of that free money for nothing you handed out there early that... Uh, American Rescue Plan that you kept bragging about all night long. Those are the reasons that the inflation is where it's at now. That's the the dangerous part of your economic policy. They, they showed other folks out in the crowd. I uh, was happy to actually see when we were talking about securing the border and supporting vets that... Uh, Ted Cruz stood up and applauded. There was a few places where a few of the Republicans that were there uh, did get up and applaud, too. Uh, the applause ended quickly when he started going into how he plans on doing those things. But uh, at least there was the point. So sound, sound like Republicans, 
uh, pivot from COVID, but don't give up uh, COVID controls because uh, we're still doing the panic porn. We still have to keep you afraid. And then spin, spin, spin. We need to spin. We got to spend more. We're going to spin, spin, spin. I am a capitalist, but I don't know how capitalism works. Spin, spin, spin. I'm a capitalist, but free markets scare me. One of the genuine scary moments, I kid you not, and I'm almost embarrassed because I was watching by myself, right? Um, the wife uh, back in another room watching something else, patiently waiting for me to, to get done with all these crazy stuff that I do. Uh, daughter off in her room uh, playing on, online video games with her friends. They all are ignoring it. So I'm in here by myself uh, taking a few notes, watching this. Uh, again, I'm going to give some props uh, in case you missed the first hour for whatever reason and and you don't feel like uh, tracking down the podcast somewhere to go back and re-listen, which I, I would respectfully ask that you do, but if you're not going to, I, I get it. I did mention how I have to give props to the speechwriters that rather than just come out the way we have seen a lot of former presidents do it and just take full-blown credit for a lot of stuff they don't deserve credit for, Instead of just doing that, he just kind of insinuated that you should give him credit for things. Give me credit for ending the COVID threat instead of saying, I promised you I'd shut down the virus, and I did, which is something I expected to hear. So they were subtle on that point. They, they were very subtle. They, they, they did a better job than I expected on that. Now, Joe still had a hard time spitting it out, but uh, he did better than I thought. But anyway, back around to what I was trying to say, and here I am just meandering. Again, like I said, this is just me with a hot take. No script, just what I saw uh, as I was watching it. Uh, I, I talked about kind of seeing some of these folks. Uh, we saw Chucky e. Schumer kind of jump up at one point. He was about to start clapping at a point where he shouldn't have been clapping. But I had a legitimate, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but hey, I'm human and I'm going to share it with you because it's, it is funny. We might as well laugh at my expense. I literally had a moment when they first flashed to Maxine Waters for the first time in the evening. Man, she's scary looking. I was sitting here and I literally had that ah! reaction. I mean, I, I out loud did that. And I'm here by myself. Wasn't for comedic effect at the time. I swear I did that. If you had seen me, you probably would still be laughing right now. Uh, it, but I'm going to I'm going to stand on the fact that I feel like it was totally warranted. If, if you saw that, please tell me you had a similar reaction. In fact, that's the one thing I'm going to request. That is today's homework assignment for you guys that are listening that do interact with me on the different social media platforms that I'm there. Uh, if you were watching and you also had that visceral reaction to seeing Maxine Waters, let me know that I'm not alone. Come on, guys. Don't don't leave me hanging. Let me know that you had a similar reaction. Uh, something else that happened that I think you're probably going to hear a lot about it. In fact, if you're listening on terrestrial radio, you probably heard a lot about it already. Uh, one of my favorite representatives, Miss Bobart. She uh, got a little heckling in on Joe. Joe was talking about soldiers in coffins, and she uh, she spouted out back to him, you put them in, 13 of them, talking about our 13 service members that we lost in our surrender of Afghanistan. I like Miss Bobart. In fact, Miss Bobart was on the show 
when she was first running. She is one of the few candidates that have come on this show and has broken the curse of not winning. I mean, I've gotten to where I'm almost afraid to invite candidates on that I like because I've only had two candidates of the over the years. At this point, I'm pretty sure I'm in the hundreds. I would have to go back to and count them to verify. If not, we're pretty close. But of the hundreds of candidates that uh, have had come onto the show, uh, especially the ones that I've liked and really had hoped that they would win, uh, she's one of only two. That's been it, one of two. Her and Marsha Blackbird. And I've only managed to get Marsha on twice. Once really early when she was really just starting and first got elected into the House. And then a lot of time passed and she was just too successful to come back, I guess. I, I don't know. I like, I like Marcia. Um, couldn't get her back on until she wrote her book. And that was just this past year. So that one's not too far back in the archives if you want to listen to that conversation that I had. So feel free to, to visit the podcast and go into the archives. I highly recommend you do that. But, you know, those things happen. But I just seen seen that creature the 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 only woman in the the house that is scarier looking than Nancy Pelosi Maxine waters it's just scary I mean just duh. and it was that was my honest role reaction. I did get a little kick out of uh justice Breyer when Joe Biden thanked him for his years of service. Thank you for all your service. He's an Army veteran. He's a guy who makes a really great ice cream cone. He, you know, he gave the platitudes, and yeah, that was kind of nice. But what I thought was funny is Justice Breyer himself, in the reaction to everything that Joe was saying, he looked like he was like a seven-year-old schoolgirl reacting, just the way he brought his hands to his heart, and he just kind of moved uh, side to side. And it's like, are you a Supreme Court justice that's about to retire, or are you a seven-year-old schoolgirl, really? And again, tell me that I'm not the only one that who thought that that's what that looked like. So uh, he tried to sound like a Republican or a few things. But uh, before I jump into those, I wanted to touch on their price controls for child care method because he talked about how we need to reduce the cost of child care. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, that would be great. Again, like with your other price controls that you mentioned earlier that we've already talked about, not sure how you're going to accomplish that. How are you going to get the number he threw out was child care shouldn't cost you more than 7%. Of your income. Shouldn't cost you more than 7% to take care of your kid. How are you supposed to manage that, though, when not only the federal government, but then also state governments and, in some cases, even municipality governments are out here increasing all of the expectations and legal requirements for child care to legally operate? I mean, there are literally some places now that require uh, caregivers at a daycare center to be higher credentialed than what's required to be an elementary school teacher. Now, thank God it's not like that everywhere, but there are places where that is the case. Uh, 
And in a place like that, when that's what's required for you to operate your business, how are you supposed to pay those people what they're worth, or at least what they think they're worth, enough to have them take the job? And it's not an easy job. It's a job that is worthy of some pay. I'm not arguing that. And if you are required to get a certain level of education and get these certifications, that's going to cost you money. If you're going to have to get your licensing and you have to jump through all the hoops to make sure that the building's up to certain specifications and codes that far exceed the standard safety protocols of most buildings, and rightfully so. I mean, you do have to make sure that if you're going to have a group of kids present, they should be safe. I'm not going angrily down there. All these uh, regulations are unnecessary and ridiculous. But the point is, if you're going to mandate all these things and make it so expensive to do business as a child care provider, how are they supposed to keep their prices lower? Now, there's only one answer. Only one. And that is... You can charge your customers 7% of whatever their annual income is. And then the government, using taxpayer dollars, will cover the rest, making you essentially a government employee. Now, that's not the way they're going to play it. They're never going to say that. But they're going to start. They were talking about child care credits, which, again, I'm sorry, I'm not a big fan of the credits. I'm a big fan of deductions all day long. You want to put enough deductions in somebody's uh, tax bracket to the point that half of the people in the country aren't paying any taxes at all, then that's on you. Uh, You go ahead and do that. Stop whining about rich folks not paying their fair share and start uh, actually cutting your budget so that uh, you can afford to operate, do the things you're supposed to do on the budget that you'll have with the money you'll be getting under a reasonable and fair tax system. But how are you supposed to do it? And if child care, if you honestly think that child care shouldn't cost more than 7% of your your annual income, then that brings me to the question of, does that also mean that you're going to pass laws that will affect family courts? Thereby saying that no individual who's having to pay child support should ever have to pay more than 7% of their annual income? Because, I mean, if that's the number, if that's the magic number, Joe... Shouldn't that be the magic number all across the board? Isn't that something where people that are paying an exuberant amount of what they're earning in child support to somebody who, let's just say, maybe isn't spending that money on child care? Isn't that something that they should be cheering? Yeah, let's make it 7%. And actually based on my income. I mean, I I do think that the family court system would be way more fair if there weren't a fair number of deadbeat non-custodials out there. And you notice I'm being very careful not to say deadbeat dads, because whether you like to admit it or not, ladies, there are several deadbeat moms out there, too. Now, the system's set up to kind of protect the mom in that scenario in most places. Thankfully, there are several states that have been moving towards a more equal footing for the the dad and the mom and the establishment of who gets to be custodial. 
and in the establishment of what child support should actually be for. I'm a big fan of the states that out there literally require receipts to be brought in on a regular basis to demonstrate that the money's being spent for appropriate child care related things. And if you can't produce the enough receipts to match up with what you're receiving, they will go in and they will reduce the amount of child uh, support that you're receiving. Now, the amount of child support you get should be commensurate with what's needed. And I'm kind of getting off the topic here of Joe Biden and uh, the State of the Union address, but let's face it, family court's been far from equitable for a long time. Now, you got some deadbeat you're dealing with and you're just trying to do the best you can, then yes, the court should act appropriately to make sure that you get the help you need and get the support you need. I'm not arguing against that. But what I am arguing against is the fact that there are some folks out there who've decided that their job should be to go get pregnant, go have a baby, and then get child support. That ain't right. That shouldn't be allowed. And you don't need to be taking a vacation with your new man if you're one of these baby mamas doing that. Don't go take a vacation with your new man on the money that's been sent by the old baby daddy that's supposed to be taking care of the kid. Unfortunately, I personally know some folks who've done exactly that. And the fact that I said more than one tells you all you need to know. It's something, it may not be the norm, but it's common enough that something needs to be done. So so how about it, Joe? Are we going to put a cap on child support at 7% of income? Uh, just, just a question. Talked about gun control, of course. Had to put in gun control measures. They literally went from fund the police to gun control activities. And they're still real hot to try and pass the repeal of the manufacturer's shield. They want... Remington to be held accountable if I use a Remington rifle to go on a shooting spree. What a what part of that is Remington's fault? Well, they made the gun, Tim. That's pretty obvious. That's not Remington's fault. They made a tool. I'm the one who misused it for whatever reason, whether I completely lost my mind, had a mental break, if I was a victim of uh, mental illness... Or if I just lost my temper and went off and need to be uh, need to be put in jail for a while, yeah, you know, whatever my rationale or reasoning, then I'm the one responsible for that action, not Remington. Shoot, what if what if I didn't even use the Remington? I, you know, I walk over here to my my gun cabinet, which is one of the, just kind of displays the few that I. Don't mind the public knowing I have. That strangely enough, as soon as we have to register everything, I look, oh no, it sunk to the bottom of the lake in my boat that I didn't have. But you don't know that. (laughs) What if I grabbed one of the other guns? What if I grabbed my Smith & Wesson, but you come in here and you still see the Remington? 
the way they want to remove these shields, they also want to make it so that if I'm a, a criminal that lost my crap, if I went back guano crazy and went on a shooting spree, then not only the manufacturer of the firearm that I use for my shooting spree should be held accountable, but anybody who made anything that I managed to get my hands on, legally or illegally. I mean, it all depends on which of these far-left gun grabbers that you talk to as far as how far they want to take it. But isn't it absolutely hilarious that these same people that uh, don't give a backside about our southern border seem to think Ukraine's borders are somehow magically, uh, mystically sacred. Uh, and the same folks that don't think an American citizen should be legally allowed to have a firearm is all about the Ukrainian people standing up and defending themselves against Russian aggression. How are they doing that, guys? Yeah, yeah, well, we've seen a lot of Molotov cocktails, but I'm pretty sure we've seen a lot of folks being handed guns. Are you going to be able to stand up against the government with an AK-47? You're going to be able to stand up to the government with an AR-15? Hey, guys, exactly what were those rifles that uh, the Ukrainian government was handing out to the civilians who showed up and said, yeah, we'll fight? Just a question. Asking for a friend. They also... Uh, you know, they, they do that talking. But then they did say that they needed to, we needed to secure the border and fix immigration. That, that was, I'm, I'm quoting right there. Joe Biden said we need to secure our southern border and fix our immigration system. So again, trying to sound like the other party. Trying to make you forget whose side they're on. What they've been doing for the last two years, even before Joe took office. What Democratic governors and blue states that were formerly free, what they've been doing, trying to cram down their tyranny on you, the citizens of those states. I want you to forget because midterms are coming. Please forget all the crappy things we did because we haven't got to that tipping point where, where we're still having to have elections, although they talked about voting rights, too. And, you know, it's funny that their idea of voting rights is to try and make sure that, uh, you know, they get to nationalize elections. Never mind the fact that the Constitution is clear. The states run their elections. The problem with the last federal election is that people within the states violated the state constitution in changing state laws, which is why those elections should have never been certified. Shouldn't have been counted at the Electoral College because they, should, they were not legally certified back in their home state. They even completely dismissed the states that actually sent two sets of delegates, one with the illegal results that should have never been certified, and one with the actual uh, <laughs> a set of delegates representing the actual results that were legally counted. The fact that they were two different delegates supporting two different candidates tells you everything you need to know about that situation. Oh, but no, there was no fraud. There were no shenanigans. There was no widespread anything. Well, I said from the beginning, even before the election, you didn't have to have widespread fraud anymore. 
you kind of know what several districts are going to do. You only need to pull your shenanigans in a few places. And that's roughly what they did. Just uh, two or three hand-picked districts in some highly contentious states that, as it turned out, were the swing states. But, yeah, yeah, they, they still put that uh, wish list out there. They had to talk about how they needed to protect abortion, too. They used a new euphemism, though. Used to, what was that? They referred to it as maternal health care. Don't know how they managed to focus test that, but something tells me that one's going to backfire. I don't think you're going to hear that one very much. They may still try to kind of make that the new sounding thing, the new euphemism, because people like the word maternal. And when you talk about maternal health care, it sounds all nice until you realize that it's still what they're using as a euphemism for the murder of the pre-born. That's what they're talking about. But the reason I don't think that one's going to hold up very long, it's not going to stand the test of time. And if I'm wrong about this, then, yeah, you can call me out on it. But the reason I believe that is because by calling it maternal health care, you are literally admitting that that female person, that person with a vagina, that child but whatever you guys are trying to woke call them these days, that person is a mother. Therefore, that person has a baby. It's a, it's a child in there. There's a baby in their belly. I don't know. I'm just feeling a little Mike Myers all of a sudden. Actually, it's getting late here on the East Coast at the time I'm doing this. So forgive me if I start getting loopy. I warned you back at the start of this uh, hour. So good in my belly. Anyway, uh, no more Mike Myers. Uh, uh, that wasn't a very good one anyway. Uh, let's take that mid-hour break uh, that I desperately need to go ahead and take. And uh, stay with me. We'll cover a few more uh, on the other side. Don't go anywhere. I'll, uh, I'll be right back. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap into the Truth. Recently, University of Michigan basketball coach Jawan Howard proved unequivocally that he is clearly incapable of being a leader of young men beyond the X's and O's of basketball. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, recently after a game in which the proud University of Michigan basketball team was spanked by Wisconsin, Coach Juwan Howard went to Nutsville and wanted to fight because the Wisconsin coach touched his elbow when he tried to shake Coach Juwan Howard's hand, which is customary after every college basketball game. Mr. Howard is a sore loser and was rightfully suspended for five games. Then, the race pimps from Al Winbag Sharpton's group called the National Action Network held a stupid news conference claiming that it was racist for the Wisconsin coach guard to touch 
Mr. Juwan Howard and provoke him. So now, if a white guy reaches out to shake the hand of a black man and touches his elbow, that's racist? Hmm. Personally, I think Juwan Howard should have been fired for slapping another man for no justifiable reason. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. My name's Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Will you ever run for political office again? No. Lying dog face pony sword. Who, 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 who takes what when? Cannot go to a 7 Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure it was a medical school or where the hell I spoke from. It was on a campus. I keep forgetting I'm president. Thank you. Come again. Throughout American history until recent decades, each generation passed down the importance of personal responsibility, which is one of the main components of true liberty. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Liberty is freedom with responsibility. If there are any positive observations one can enumerate concerning the brutal Corona coronavirus scandal that has been used by big government, big insurance, big pharma, and big hospitals like Beaumont Hospital in Royal Oak, Michigan, to try and take control of our personal health decisions, including whether we should accept being forced to take shots that allegedly do nothing to prevent the spread of a man-made Corona coronavirus, but rather spreads spike proteins that are potentially harmful to anyone who comes in close contact with those who obediently took the jab. The good news in the midst of all of this madness is that more and more Americans are taking personal responsibility for their own health and are rediscovering freedom with responsibility. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. What in the hell's diversity? <clears throat> well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. that very brief break uh yes yes diversity was an old wooden ship 
And, uh, you know, probably about as useful today is the idea, the concept that the left tries to pass off as diversity. Uh, The only diversity that's worthwhile, the only diversity that helps make America stronger, that makes America better, is diversity of thought. Listening to this uh, music in the background, it's a flashback. This once upon a time, the intro part, uh, this was the intro to the show back in the day. So if you're a new listener, you probably won't recognize that, but you go far enough back in the archives, you'll hear that section as uh, a big part of us intro into the uh, the show. We've had a few of them if we go far enough back. Uh, I've settled on the new Matt Fitzgibbon stuff, and I, I don't see me changing it any time at all. Uh, I highly recommend you go visit patriotmusic.com and check out everything that Matt is up to. He's a great historian. He's a very good friend of the show. I love the man. Uh, he is a tremendous musician. And uh, his latest project was an homage to nurses. So definitely want to send you over there and check him out. And if you do decide to, to visit patriotmusic.com and decide then to follow up by uh, purchasing some of the music or some of the uh, other merch he may have available. Last time I went over there, I didn't see any other merch. He, I've got some merch from him in the past. I actually bought it. Didn't didn't get it for free. Supports my friends. And, uh, you know, it's good stuff. And he's got great music. And it's definitely worth going. So, again, I highly recommend it. If you do, uh, send him a note. Let him know I sent you. Uh, say, hey, that Tim Tapp guy from over at the Tap Into the Truth, uh, he's the one who put me on to you. And I'm really digging this stuff. It's not going to get you a discount. There's no 30% or 20% off. Or so. At least I, I don't think there would be. Uh, he's got he's rearranged where he's selling the music uh, directly through Amazon now, so I don't think he could work out that coupon even if he wanted to. But the point of the matter is I still like for him to know that I'm still sending folks his way. Uh, so, uh, you know, you hear some of his tunes here, whether it's different in uh, your eyes or uh, the uh, gun controls using both hands or the uh, great intro that we go, I've Gotta Be Free. Uh, those tunes are staples here, but I've often played other tunes uh, from Matt as well. Uh, I need to go ahead and get a few more of them transferred over here, too. If, if I'm using the Blog Talk Radio uh platform then i definitely play some of the other stuff too because it's uploaded over there it's just on the switchboard i don't have to look it up Uh, some of the stuff i i need to go repurchase uh, because the original files are gone but anyway all that put to the side i want to take this opportunity before we get back into things and i better hurry up because i'm running out of time and i do have at least two more points from the speech that i think is worth at least bringing up uh, need to remind everybody that we will be making announcements about the upcoming book giveaway. A.J. Rice, brand new book coming out in July, uh, The Woking Dead. It's I've seen some excerpts from it. It's going to be great. It's going to be well worth it. It should be in your library. So I'm going to highly recommend that you go visit Amazon for the pre-order page and go ahead and pre-order a copy. Got to put that link Uh, In the show description, it's going to be there. Uh, If you're not in a place where you can see the show description, uh, where you can copy, and make sure you copy the whole link, not just part of it. 
I've been visiting some of the different podcast platforms and part of the link is live so you can like click on it, but it won't necessarily take you to the correct place. Uh, you can just go to Amazon and search AJ Rice, The Woking Dead, and you'll probably find it that way. But for the pre-order pages, they're usually a little harder to get to. And since it's a conservative book, they're going to make it even harder. So using the link is probably still the best way. It will directly take you there. It can't take you anywhere else. We're going to be giving away copies. Uh, the, the regulations for how you get your name in on the possibility of being one of the winners of a free copy uh, will be announcing probably towards the end of this month. But uh, there's no reason to wait. Send a message to leftist politicians in this country. Send a message to the mainstream legacy media. Send a message to Amazon itself. Go pre-order a copy or maybe even two. And then worst case scenario, you got a, a copy of this great book for your library that you're going to enjoy reading. Uh, best case scenario, you got a copy that you paid for, you win a copy, and then you got a copy that you can do anything you want with it. Give it as a gift, uh, send it to somebody that you know will enjoy it, or if you're if you're a snarky guy like me, uh, give a copy to somebody that you know it's just going to aggravate the, the crap out of them. <laughs> Say, yeah, here, here's a good read. Make sure that you do read it, please. All right, so anyway, there, that's going to be there in the show description, and... Let me please also remind you that uh, lots of times I will be talking about uh, how you manage to keep yourself healthy in this day and age. And, of course, one of the best ways to keep yourself healthy is to keep yourself clean. And if you're going to keep yourself clean, but you still care about America first, I mean, Joe Biden seemed to. He even, he even got the Democrats to try to, to, try to chant USA. Almost like they meant it. Almost sounded sincere. Again, trying to sound like the Republicans. When the Republicans chant USA, especially honest-to-goodness conservatives that happen to accidentally get elected to the Republican Party, when they chant USA, you can tell they mean it. There's this heartfelt excitement. But when these folks did it, it felt forced and a little unnatural. I mean, towards the end, after they did it for a minute, they, I think they kind of got in a rhythm. And it sounded a little better, but it still sounded forced. So if you care about America first, if you believe in USA, then my, my recommendation to you is to go visit Hero Soap. They are the most America-first company. I know they source all their materials that they can in the United States. Anything that they can't source in the United States, they use an American company to do the sourcing for them. They contribute money to causes for our veterans, for our active duty, and for our first responders. Anybody who's wearing a uniform or who has used a uniform, they have given money to help support. They have lots of different scents. They don't have harsh chemical fragrances. Uh, fragrances. I swear English is a first language. I swear it is. I know you guys are going to stop believing me soon. No, I am a Russian spy. First, my, my plan is working well. First, we invade Georgia. Uh, no one says boo to us. Then we annex Crimea. Works perfectly. Now we go into Ukraine. All parts of master plan to eventually capture Moose and Squirrel. Uh, so, 
Anyway, <laughs> I, I swear English is my first language. I am not a Russian spy. Uh, so, Hero Soap Company is it's the absolute best all the way around. If you're one of these fancy foo-foo folks that wants to make sure that you have essential oils rather than harsh fragrances, uh, these are your guys. If you want to be with somebody that is America first all the way, again, Hero Soap. Link in the show description or visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P into the truth.com and click on the Hero Soap banner. Uh, there's more than a few. Uh, you don't have to go past the homepage to find it. Just scroll down past the list of recent guests, which I still need to get up there and update. I've had a few since the last time I've done that. All right, here we go. I, I have babbled long enough. Let's get in uh, just at least a couple more items on here. Um, I found it interesting that uh, you got so far in, and then towards the end when he was trying to wrap up, still trying to – he went from – well, I actually kind of felt like me doing this show <laughs> where, you know, we kept getting interrupted early on. Usually I'm interrupted by my own trains of thoughts, getting derailed. Uh, but he got interrupted with all the applause and the uh, the squats that uh, the Democrats were doing because, you know, they're up, they're down, they're up, they're down. Uh, it's probably the most standing up that uh, – <laughs> that Miss Harris has done in a while. I'm sure she's accustomed to... Anyway, I'm not going to go there. I think I already did, but I'm going to stop right there. Uh, there was there was an attack on social media. In fact, in particular, they made a big deal about how social media is doing damage to our children. Now, again, when you talk about social media doing damage to our kids and about protecting the privacy for our children from social media... That, again, sounds more like a conservative talking point than a Democratic one. So, again, that's part of their efforts. Sound more like the other guys. Again, part of tonight's theme. But they didn't mention protecting the privacy of adults. Didn't mention uh, taking away protections from social media platforms uh, for becoming publishers instead of just being platforms. Didn't talk about... Uh, any of the censorship that's still common and running rampant. In fact, I was running an experiment today where I just uh, posted on Facebook. Didn't didn't get on any of the other platforms. This I will be doing that a uh, different platform at a time over the course of the next few days. But just put up a a post where I said, "Hi everybody, uh, quick favor if I may." Uh, hit a reaction button or leave a comment if if you saw this post. Just trying to trying to get a feel for exactly how throttled back my posts are, because I do seem when I'm just sharing memes to to be a little less throttled, but when I'm sharing links to the show, when I'm sharing uh, news links from Daily Wire or The Blaze or Daily Caller or, or even Fox News, not that I uh, send too many of those. Breitbart News, not that I send too many. In fact, I haven't seen a Breitbart post on Facebook in forever. I haven't. I, I'm thinking that they've probably been hit the same way that LaCourt News has been hit. Uh, Ken LaCourt has been just bounced permanently from Facebook, so which is a shame because I have some content over at his site. But they had that attack, and I thought it was very interesting 
that that was what they chose to point out. Didn't bother to mention, I don't know, maybe Twitter deciding to crush and bury a news story about a certain young man, a former Navy officer, um, former drug addict, probably still is drug addict. I don't really think the rehab took based on things I've seen. I understand. That's speculation on my part. I am, I'm not trying to say. Uh, you know, he's an artist now. You know, the, 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 the laptop story about that. What, what What's that guy's name? Yeah, Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, that was his name. What was his last name? Hmm. It's on the tip of my tongue. And speaking on the being on the tip of my tongue, uh, he also took a, a swipe at Big Tech. Uh, obviously, that was a veiled threat. Hey, you guys don't do what I want you to do, so uh, just know that we'll be coming for you. Kind of already mentioned that he talked about supporting veterans, but, you know, he doesn't want to talk about Hunter. But once he got to talking about veterans, he couldn't help himself but to talk about Bo. Everything that he does when it comes to the military, when he's trying to make that personal connection, he instantly takes it away from you and makes it all about him. He talks about Bo, 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 Bo. <clears throat> he was talking about these burn pits. See, we support veterans, but really all we really support is uh, veterans who have suffered at the hands of our own mistreatment of the military folks who now have gotten cancer. Now, granted, that is a group of people that should be getting taken care of, but all of our veterans should be getting taken care of. You, if you're a regular listener, or if you've just listened a long time, been gone for a while and come back, you have probably heard me talk about how we need to be keeping our promises to our veterans. I would rather you break a promise to me, but keep a promise to our veterans. They have sacrificed. They've sacrificed a lot, some more than others, but they've made sacrifices. They come back. They have been changed forever. They are not the same people they were when they left. They served this nation. They answered the call, and then you want to shortchange them? No, we need to keep our promises. We need to take care of them, period. It's just that simple. So don't use this as a political talking point, Joe Biden. But he used that as a springboard into his uh, moonshot for cancer again, which was a completely feckless waste of taxpayer dollars that he was supposed to be overseeing under the Obama administration. Back to our underlying theme that he couldn't say out loud, but said very loud, very clear over and over again. What is our real agenda here as a Democratic administration? Spend, 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 spend some more of your money. Of my money. No, 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 Tim. He wants to spend the government's money. The government has zero dollars of its own. Zero, none, nada. They ain't got none. He also asked for his nominee to the Fed to get confirmed. Eh, your nominee to the Fed is not somebody who should be in charge of monetary policy for the United States. Or any other country as far as that's concerned. So uh, I'm going to respectfully say yeah, those of you responsible for confirming uh, his nominee to the Fed, 
don't. If you love America, for the love of all that's holy in heaven, do not confirm. Also bragged about, finally, finally, a black woman has been nominated to the Supreme Court. All right, great, good. Okay. What, again, were her qualifications? Okay, you spouted off some stuff. Now, by the general standards, yes, technically she should be qualified. But we also know that she's a fan favorite of BLM Incorporated. In fact, they have almost single-handedly pushed her ascension into the federal system. Every promotion she's got has been at the behest of Black Lives Matter Incorporated pulling strings within the Democratic Party. So all in all, there was a lot of stuff in there. But again, all you really need to know, a lot of stammering, stuttering, word salad, one flat out faux pas when he referred to the Ukrainians as the Iranian people. And the themes of the night was, hey, we want to sound like the Republicans because we're expecting you to forget between now and the midterms. We don't want to talk about COVID anymore, but we don't want to give up on masking and, and certainly don't want to give up on vaccines and new antiviral treatments. And we want to make them free to you, meaning they want us to pay for them as taxpayers. And last but not least, the other theme of the evening it's when it comes to your taxpayer dollars, they want to spend, 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 spend. So if you didn't watch it and you haven't watched the highlights since then, I think that pretty well sums it up. It's all you need to know about it. That's really about all that happened. One more quick reminder. This, of course, is just my hot take immediately after it happened. You're probably listening to this if you're listening to terrestrial radio two, maybe even three days after the State of the Union address took place depending on when this worked into your uh, station's programming schedule. But I'm here now past midnight Eastern time on what was March the 1st, now has become the 2nd. Giving you that late night feel, which is also why I'm starting to sound even more loopy because this is getting kind of late for somebody who has to rise early in the morning to go to the day job. <laughs> But I'm glad to be here, glad that you listened, and if you made it this far, especially if you were listening to the podcast, that means you've listened to almost a full two hours of me babbling on about this, and it's almost as coherent as having listened to the, uh, the man himself, barely there, Beijing Biden, babble on about that in the first place. All that being said, that means that we are... At the final stage of the evening, so I am at that point where I must sadly look at you and once again say, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take Biden's word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, if at all possible, guys, stay safe out there with crime continuing to go up. That's a hard thing. I get it. Stay healthy if at all possible. Now that everybody's had Omicron, uh, COVID's not such a big deal for very many people. If you're in a high-risk group, though, that still doesn't mean uh, you shouldn't take precautions. And, uh, you know, just generally be smart out there, guys. 
even if it goes against your nature. And, oh, yeah, one last thing directed straight at Mr. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Using both hands Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep Stalin, Hitler, Malamine, and Pol Pot They told us things that you never forgot Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family Using both hands.